I'm Jess. And I'm Mel. And this is Chocolate Chocolate Jam! Welcome everybody. Hi! 2020. We had a brief minor hiatus. Minor hiatus. Sorry, Mike. Sorry. And it's any bad. other listeners who we have, please identify yourselves. Um, we like to know that we have listeners. Yes, we do, very much so. But don't be like don't be sad. Don't be sad about 2019, because it's 2020 and we're back. Yeah. So exciting! You should see the adorable hand gestures that Mel's doing right now. Yay. Uh so we've got a really exciting program planned for you today. Um, and then just at the last minute, Mel decided that she wanted to have a rant about something that is a, a very big issue for her. Oh, well, um, so hold on, we, we should we should probably do the intros first. Uh, so we're bringing you that. But before we do, Chocolate Jam is available on SoundCloud, uh, iTunes and Stitcher. You can reach us at, at Chocolate Jam Podcast on Instagram. Are we on Twitter? Uh, we're not on Twitter. Not on um, Twitter. Chocolate Jam Podcast is on Facebook. Oh, and yeah. Instagram, but not or on Twitter. Uh, not on Twitter. And um, chocolate jam podcast at gmail.com. That's the one. Our theme music is Belgian Waffles by the underscore orchestra. And yeah, that's pretty much it. You said all of my lines as well. I did. Sorry, that's Mel. Fine. That's all. It's all good. It's all We're good. a little rusty today. Um, Mel, what's on your mind? I'm slightly preoccupied. Well, let me just set the scene. So we're 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 back. We're back in the library. In the library. Jess's daughter is Marie Kondoing her book collection, and which I don't know led to a discussion about some things, some books that were getting punted, and which led to me saying I really hope she's getting rid of all the uh, Winnie the Pooh books because I don't know if anyone's realised, but they suck. And um, Jess was sort of questioning that. And saying, well, you know, but but Winnie the Pooh, he's beloved, he's a beloved, you know, children's character, and and don't get me wrong, I grew up watching Winnie the Pooh as a kid, and and I I think he is a lovable character, and you know, he's all mad on honey. I get that. I I, <laughs> I understand. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't wear pants. Like I find them restricting sometimes. I get it. Eeyore has, at various times of my life, been my spirit animal. I The characters are sweet. They're lovely. The books, though. And and what did you say, Jess? Say, say the line that you just said. The line I just said is, before. I don't remember the books. Yeah. And there's a reason for that. Because they're fucking terrible. It is just... <laughs> like, it is inane, non-sequitur bullshit. Like, that's... It, that's what it is. It's inane, non-sequitur bullshit. I can't, I can't even... I'm trying to give you an example. I can't even think of a proper example because it's so insane. Straight off the bat, 2020, Chocolate Jam, with the controversial opinions about beloved children's literature. Winnie the Pooh sucks. You heard it here. I, I wish we actually had a book so I could read you an ex- excerpt to illustrate <laughs> how shit it is. And no, I remember one time... One time, I don't know, it was one it was one New Year's that you did here, and Soph was still a little kid, and, like, she was still little, and she was like, you know, Auntie Mel, can you read to me? And she wanted to read a... I was about to say Harry Potter book. That would have been great. Uh, she, <laughs> she, um, she wanted to read a... She wanted to read a Winnie the Pooh book, and, like, I started reading it. And I'm down for a good reading a good kid's book. 
I started reading it out loud and like it's just going on and on and it's and it's jumping like it jumps from topic to topic like it makes these weird random segues into other things and it's really hard it's that sort of nonsense kind of like it's nonsense that's the style of the Isn't the that writing what it's supposed to be and yeah but i'm saying like it sucks <laughs> like it's just because okay. it's supposed to be like that doesn't make it good. Well, I have Tim to say... Winton writes without quotation marks, without speech marks, and he does it on purpose, but it doesn't mean it's good. Yeah, no, that's fair. It's Russian shit. Mark was shot entirely in one shot, and it was a uh, cinematic technological breakthrough, never been done before, and it was so boring. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so, Winnie the Pooh. That's a very exciting start to 2020, and um, yeah. not on our list of things to talk about, but no, there you go. All. We are rebels here at Chocolate Jam. We and play fast and loose with the rules. And sometimes the best things are just off the cuff. You know? Sometimes they are. So you go with it. So it's 2020. 2020. Uh, year has got off to a bit of a bang. Um, it's off to a cracking start. What are you talking about? Definitely started. Uh, Mel, Australia is <sighs> on fire. Where to begin? Yep. Where to begin with that? So, as you've gathered by listening to us, particularly from our accents, that we are doing this from Australia. Yes. And as just... G'day. <laughs> hey, yarn. As just said, Australia's on fire. Where do we begin with it, really? Fire season started what? Wait, in a season should... that's not... That's not fire season. Fire season. So some context for our non-Australian listeners. Fire season is a thing here. Um, every year there are uh, bushfires to some extent. It's a natural part of the Australian bush cycle. Our plants have actually, many of them, evolved specifically to, to actually need um, reasonably regular burnouts in order to propagate. So we have, uh, every year we have what we call bushfire season. It goes from kind of uh, late November generally through to about early February. Basically it's summer. Sorry. Basically summer, jump, yeah. Jump in summer <laughs> yeah. Which it, that is summer for, for in Australia. Yep. Usually it's kind of fairly mild and then every like five to seven years we'll have a really bad one and some people will lose their homes and yep. occasionally someone dies and that's not good. Mm. So last year's bushfire season was pretty terrible. A um, bunch of people lost their homes. It went for a long time. Yeah. This year's bushfire season started... When did it start, Mel? Was it September? Was it? I don't know if it was, it was September. September or October. Yeah, was... I feel like it was October when it started. Early? And by November, it was like, okay, this shit's really bad. Mm-hmm. It's not good. This year, bushfire season has been like all the really bad bushfires put together. Hey, Mel. It started in June. No. 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 Jess is just doing some Googling. It started in June. And apparently it started in June 2019. But that, I mean, was what was that? Was that like random... A lot of those were more spot fires, but mm. yeah, it's it's been going since June. As at 14th of January, the fires have destroyed nearly 6,000 buildings and killed nearly 30 people. Uh, which is really bad by anyone's standards. How many hectares? 
18.6 million. 18.6 million hectares. So I don't really have any kind of frame of reference for how big that is, but if you have a look on maps, it's um, big. Like continent size. It's continent size. Big. It's huge. I mean, there's been, what, bushfires in pretty much every state and territory? Yep, every state and territory. Um, particularly bad on the eastern seaboard, mm, which mm-hmm. is Queensland, New South Wales, New South Wales Victoria. Uh, the Victoria and the Australian Capital Territory. But there have also been bad fires in the Northern Territory, South Australia and Western Australia, and uh, a few in Tasmania, mm. which for non-Australians, that's the whole country. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. There aren't any other places. There are no other states. That's Australia. That's it. We just listed all the states and territories of Australia uh, in that description. So, <clears throat> yeah, it's um, it's bad. It's really bad. There's smoke haze uh, at, at various points of the year since last November. It's um, become reasonably common to see people wearing... Gas masks? Uh, PS 2.5 rated gas masks in the city. There have been a few days where I've rather wanted to wear one myself. Mm-hmm. Days where you can't go outside. I don't have any respiratory issues and I had to use Ventolin when I was in Canberra, the nation's capital. So, what have our country's um, elected leaders been doing now? Uh, can I just jump in here for a sec? So one of the things, because we haven't recorded for a while, one of the things that I did yesterday was just listened to random bits and pieces from stuff that we had uploaded previously. Oh, that's sensible. Um, Preparation. Yeah. We're yeah. a professional outfit here. Super profesh. And uh, one of the things that I heard was us talking about, and I think this was from the start of last year, uh, was us talking about the, mo- the the shooting that happened in, in that mosque in New Zealand and how Jacinta Ardern, the New Zealand PM, responded in that Jacinta, crisis. Jacinta, if you're listening, please, um, I know you don't really have a military, but can you please <laughs> form one? Invade Australia, annex us, and be our benevolent dictator. Thank please you. Please be our PM. Please be our PM. But yeah, um, and we were talking about how Jacinta Ardern responded to um, that particular crisis and we described it as she really hasn't put a foot wrong Mm. throughout this whole time. And I bring that up because when I think about how our beloved Scott Morrison... Uh, has responded to this crisis. Following in her footsteps, smell. I if let's just say if if Jacinta Ardern didn't put a foot wrong, I don't think that uh, good old Scomo has put a foot right. Mm. The response, for the most part, has been well. It was non-existent for a while, so that was fun. Yeah. Anyway, I'm to Hawaii for a holiday. Dismissive, non-existent, didn't tell tone anyone. deaf, not good enough, too little, too late. I mean, those are the ways that I would describe the response broadly. Um, arrogant. Um, yeah, he 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 pissed off to Hawaii. Yeah. Didn't tell anyone that he was pissing off to Hawaii. 
I mean, it's fairly standard procedure, right? You're in charge of somewhere and, you know, you're, let's say you're the manager at your work. You manage a team at your work. You're going to go on holidays. So you tell people, I'm going to go on holidays. Jeff's in charge this week. Um, And so then everyone knows, okay, I've got questions. I'm going to go to Jeff. So if you're the manager of, say, a small but wealthy nation and you go on holidays, usually what happens is you say, Michael's in charge this week. And then everyone goes, okay, cool, Michael's in charge this week. Maybe it's not the best week to go away because, you know, we're having a fairly major crisis, but at least we've got Michael here to look after us. He didn't tell anybody, including Michael. Is that true? The, some journalists called, uh, so Michael McCormack's the deputy PM, who's the person who would normally step up in this situation. Uh, Some journalists called Michael McCormack's office and they were unable to confirm whether or not Michael McCormack was the acting Prime Minister. It, later, some other sources confirmed that he was, so it's possible that Scott Morrison told him that um, he was acting PM, but he certainly didn't tell anybody else. So that's, yeah, that's, I, because I knew that, yes. um, and I read that as, I understood that as um, they couldn't confirm it because they were trying to keep it hushed up that he was gone. That's really bad. Like, either way, it's not good. <laughs> like, either way, it's bad. But basically... It's, well, that might, that might have been why they he, couldn't confirm it, it but... He's trying to do... He was trying to do a sneaky... Sneaky under the radar... Holiday. Um, holiday in Hawaii. Um, because, you know, it, originally he was going to go in January, but he couldn't do that because he had some other, like, PM things to do. Um, so he pushed it back to December, which is normally fine, but when you see that there's this massive crisis going on um, across the country that you are to be the, the leader of, of this country, yep. it's, it's, it's not a, like, tap-on-the-shoulder position. You have to work really hard to get it. Yeah. And, you know, a couple of bullshit cu- justifications came up, um, one of them being, well, the response to bushfires is something that occurs, that's coordinated and occurs at a state level, which... Yes, that is that is um, that's that is correct. It's jurisdictionally that's true. correct. However, when your entire country that you're in charge of is in fire, is on fire, this, yeah, you kind of need to be there and you know just this is what I'm making mean. sure the states are talking to each other. What's happening at the fires that are on the borders of the states? How are the states going? Do they need any support? It can can maybe if. Uh, this, the fires in Western Australia aren't too bad right now. Maybe they're able to lend a few people to Queensland. That's that's your job. Responding to bushfires is something that is coordinated at a state level. But when most or all of the states are on fire, it's not a state issue anymore. It's a national issue. And you're the leader of the nation. So, like, what the fuck, basically. I don't know why that is so difficult difficult as a concept to understand. You know, and then it was, oh, but they have to request that from, you know, like, they have to request that from the federal government. And I was like, no, dude, you can, you like, you can get in there. It's it's okay. Like, you're the PM. You've got federal, Look, you uh, know, federal resources at your disposal. As, as, a, as a insider uh, in government processes... Um, protocols get followed. Here's the other thing. You know when those requests are going to be made. 
And you know, if you're in the Prime Minister's office and the whole country is on fire, that there are going to be those requests. They are going to come in. They are going to be made. The protocols are going to be followed and you are going to be needed. Your job as the leader of the nation is to stand up and say, yes, this sucks. We can all pull together. We can get through this. We will look after you. That's your job. And then the other the other issue is as well, if if you're just trying to say, oh, well, you know, I just went on holiday here instead of there because that's when I could do it. Look, if you're doing something that's fine, why the secrecy? Mm-hmm. Why not, like, why not follow the usual protocols? Why, if it's all good in the hood, like, if it's all fine, if what you're doing is, is a legitimate thing to do, is there's nothing, there's no issue with you taking leave at that time, why, why, why act like it's not? Why act like we've got to keep it under wraps? Because it's dodge. Because it's not the right thing to be doing. It's not the right time to be going. That's why. That's blatantly obvious to anyone with half a clue. And, oh, we didn't know it was going to get this bad. What are you talking about? It was when, already that bad. When, when, what other year have we had smoke blanketing the major cities? When has that ever happened before? Or New Zealand. Our smoke blanketed New Zealand. I'm sorry, New Zealand. Yeah, Please our, annex us. Our smoke blanket is like on the move. It's doing the rounds. It's doing it's, a world tour. Get it come back around. Basically, yeah. It's, it's going to come back around. It's going to bring us souvenirs from Paris. It's like, our, our smoke is... I read, an, I, I read somewhere that it could like do a lap. Yeah, no, I, I, I was only a little bit do, joking. Do a lap and come back. So that's... I mean, it's just yeah. Oh, it's and it's then, just and ridiculous. Then... And look, we're we are reasonably partisan here on Chocolate Jam. We make our political views just well known. Mel, what do I usually think of Tony Abbott, our previous prime minister? Uh, we're not a fan of Tones. We're not a fan of Tones. He's... What did Tones do during the bushfires oh, when he was the PM? Do you remember? I remember. He put on a firefighting suit because he was a member of the RFS and he got out there and he fought a damn fire. Oh, he's doing that now. He's doing that now. I'm not a fan of Tony Abbott. I don't like anything about him. But do you know what? He got out there and he did that thing. Um, previous leaders. Yeah. Julia Gillard, Kevin Rudd, John Howard. Not a fan of John Howard. Not that huge a fan of Kevin Rudd either, to be honest. They 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 oh didn't get God. out there fight the fires. I'm not asking everyone to be Tony Abbott about this, but they got out there in the communities, and they talked to people. And they talked to people off camera, and they didn't force mm. people to shake their hands, <laughs> and they didn't touch pregnant women who didn't want to be touched, mm. and then walk away when they asked for help. Yeah, it's all, that, and that's that's the other part. It's 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 the first. There was just the not being there and the blatant inaction and the and the weird. You know, this really odd juxtaposition of him just knocking back a few in Hawaii um, while the country was on fire uh, and people were dying and um, two uh, two fireys actually died. Mm-hmm. While he was... Like, young men with young families, um, which is which is how it all, you know, oh, oh shit, a couple of people died, better go back to the country. Like, that. that's basically, you know, better return... That was what sort of led to a supposed early return that then wasn't even early. No, um, it, it was all it was like really, yeah, it was all really bad. Um, and then, you know, and then he's come back and it's this, huh, 
let me try and be, you know, affable and whatever, under, you know, in front of the camera. Ha, huh, hun, you know, wh- like, why would, why would people want me to be here? Like, what, what am I, you know, it's not like I'm going to be out there fighting the fire. It's like, no, man, it's not, you don't need to be out there fighting the fire. It's not about that. It's not about that at all. It's about, first it's of all, showing just- up being there and being a leader one and and looking at you know what can trying to help coordinate things on a national level or or looking at where I well what actually are our policies or our agendas around this or how we you know what are what are f- emergency funds that we can unlock what are you know w- let's get the ADF mobilized to to assist where we can let's you know let's look at our our um, allies around the world and who can assist us can with resources. Like, it's, these, like, these are the things that no state can do those things. No, they can't. That needs to happen on a national level, so... And Scott, buddy, that's you. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I, I don't... And, and it's just this, yeah, this arrogance of, like, this, ha-ha, you know, oh, I'm sorry if anyone... Oh, was up, maybe was upset. I'm sorry you were offended. Yeah. I'm sorry this was a problem for you. I was like, what? Yeah. Yeah, so there's so, just a lot of that. Um, and then, yeah, and then the whole, oh, God, that whole, like, let me go around and shake people's hands after they've lost their houses or lost everything. Yeah, so Consent 101, <sighs> if you offer your hand to someone and they look at it and then look at you and then take their hand away, that means they don't want to shake your hand. And if they don't want to shake your hand, they don't have to shake your hand. Yeah, Scott. if you extend your hand to shake someone's hand, someone else's hand, and they, they don't raise their hand to shake your hand, don't grab their hand and then shake it. Don't do that. I really feel like the... the I don't know who I said this to. I don't know if I said this to you or... I said I definitely said it to someone. The, the, uh, the, the lesson to be learnt from the first week of this year... So between that and... Yeah, so between... Scott just like randomly, yeah, randomly trying to touch people and shake their hand. Um, and that woman that grabbed the Pope and, and, and like just <laughs> sort of violent. You didn't, you didn't see that? No. It I happened s- like. I spent the first week it of the year the- out all completely off uh, any kind of media. So I. It happened. Missed- I don't know if it happened just before New Year's or, uh, or just after it, but oh, it was. Oh no, I missed that. No, it was literally like he was, you know, he was out in, um, he was out in the, in, in the Vatican, like in the in the square, um, yeah. This woman, like this woman, grabbed you know, shaking hands. He's going around. He's you know, poping. He's poking he's it poping. up. He's poking it up to the people. And this woman grabs his hand, pulls him to her, and like is yelling something or saying something, and like won't let go of his hand. And he like shook her hand, and he like actually went like slapped her hand away because she wouldn't let it. Like she pulled him. Lord. And wouldn't let him go. Alright, so... And then he had to apologise for, like, slapping a hand away. Alright, so the so message for this year is... Don't Other grab... people's bodies belong to them. Don't grab people's hands and, like, violently try and shake them. That's wow. the that's the rule. That's, so the, that's, that's the lesson. That's the lesson. That's the lesson. So, yeah, that's... Yeah, no. I think we were so... I mean, there was so much, like, bushfire stuff going on that that might have slipped under some people's radars, but definitely on the news because, you know, Pope. Um, wow. Yeah. Well. So, okay, so the bushfires have um, really shown up the worst of what our government can do, but they've also 
shown some incredible community spirit Mm -hmm. donations in particular have been pouring over from all over the world and if you have donated to um the australian bushfires first of all thank you so much um our community is really needed and second of all if you haven't and you intend to the australian red cross is um accepting donations for to help survivors and have a look at um there might be places, well not there might be, there are also places that you can donate to help um, with animals. We've uh, lost a huge amount of our koala population. Mm. People have been amazing. The generosity has been incredible. As it is in these situations, people really do, it, it really brings out the best in a lot of people. And um, our own homegrown celebrity, Celeste Barber. Oh my god. Celeste Barber, you are a Bloody legend. Yeah, you're an absolute champion. Uh, if you don't know who Celeste Barber is, she is a, an Australian comedian who uh, made a bit of a splash by with a brilliant Instagram, Instagram account where she um, recreated famous fashion yeah, so basically, she goes, yeah, she just went viral. Um, She she, went viral, got lots of followers. Um, It's genuinely funny stuff. Yeah. Um, She's damn good at it. And, um, like, she recreates things, like, basically ridiculous, like, sort of fashion things that models and celebrities do, which is with her own sort of, like, (laughs) average Joe kind of flair. Yeah. Yeah, with a a human-shaped body and... Human budget clothes. Um, it's amazing. It's brilliant. And yeah. that alone is enough to make me think that she's great. Uh, yeah. Celeste Barber decided that she was going to raise uh, a little bit of money because, you know, she's got a bit of fame and she's going to use it appropriately. Good for yeah. her. And she got, um, you know, she got a bit scared because she had family members yeah. getting evacuated from a, a, a town in... Um, South Coast. South, it was yeah, South, South, South Coast, Coast of New South yeah. Wales. Yeah. Um, so she thought, oh, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and raise about thirty grand. Reckon that's achievable. I can raise thirty grand for the rural fire service in New South Wales. Mm-hmm. Within days, it was at five. No, within about a day, it was at five million. Yeah. Within a few mm. days, it was at twenty million. Yeah. Last I heard. It was about fifty million. Yeah, it's over. It's, it's over fifty million now. I'm um, sure it is. It's sort of slowed down, but it's it's. Yeah, she raised over fifty million dollars um, from an original <laughs> goal hey, of thirty thousand. Yeah, just to kind of throw in with what Jess has been saying. So yes, from my from my own personal heart, thank you so much to all the people that have donated and supported um, Australia through this really really difficult and scary time in our history. A lot of people have donated a lot of money to various uh, various charities and services, and um, and, and really... that yeah, and that and that one in particular was I think yeah, that one in particular was yeah, particularly noteworthy just for how how, huge, how much yeah. how it much got attention it got and how huge yeah, and there has been um, unfortunately she has copped a bit of criticism for the fact that you know, charity, like the thing with charities and the things with, with those kinds of services is that it only goes, so I think the money was being brought together well, to, with, the, was... with the intention of, well, she was originally raising money for, for the, the New South Wales RFS, but, you know, it became so big that she's like, oh, we, you know, want to make sure that this gets out to other states and other services and to people that have lost houses and so forth. And then the criticism became, well, you know, you've only created this thing to go to the New South Wales RFS. Which I have to say, 
you know, if you're an international person donating to this, you're probably not really aware of the, the distinction between the New South Wales RFS and yeah. Rural Fire Service and any of the other state services. And I'm sure that the spirit of it being it goes to the state services is not something that you would object to. And I and I think as well, like, if you're a layperson just going, hey, hang on, we've got to maybe try and get some funds together to... Yeah, we can't, like, $30,000 for one fire service? Absolutely. Yeah. $50 million, you can't just give that to one of the state fire services in Australia because they're all needed. Yeah, so I think what's happening is they're talking they're talking to PayPal and they're yeah. um, talking about how that money can how be they can di- distribute yeah, it, distribute it um, across various services in various states. But having said that, I think for people that are donating or wanting to provide services, just be mindful of like where where the best yeah. places are to donate and you know think where about your money's gonna who be going. You want to help. Um because also the other sort of unfortunate city underbelly is that probably there are some groups and charities that have been or not charities but you know some groups and things that have been yeah. created that are potentially unfortunately scam um there are scam and accounts so that always happens with with these things with these national natural disasters so for as great as people are they also fucking suck so um <laughs> so, just be mindful um, of that as well great websites for you to visit if you're looking for somewhere to donate but aren't sure which ones are legitimate is um abc.net.au that's mm. our national broadcaster they have lists of charities who will are helping and how those charities help rfs.nsw.gov.au sorry rfs.nsw.gov.au yep. is the new south wales uh, rural fire service website unfortunately um being a new south wales resident i'm not across the websites for others but um they will have a number of links to places where you can donate to um, the Red Cross and animal services that will help distribute funds across Australia. Wires, for example. Wires. So wires is New South Wales. Based. Oh, wires is New South Wales. Yes, yeah, okay. I learned this during this fires because Ouch. I was like, oh, donate to wires. Well, they're New South Wales yeah. as well, which is fine. Um, it's absolutely fine to donate to New South Wales, but Australia does have a number of states and territories, yeah. all of which are on fire yeah. as we covered. Yeah. So uh, wires. W I Wildlife International. No, Wildlife Something Rescue Something <laughs> Service. Um, W-I-R-E-S is an animal rescue service operating in New South Wales. Uh, They're a great place to donate to. There are also similar services across Australia. Yeah. And do think of the animals, guys, because, my God, there's something like, they're saying something like, you know, half a billion animals have died. Half a billion animals. It's unthinkable. It's just, I had the unfortunate experience of seeing some footage of yeah you know animals that had tried to escape and they were just you know lying on the side of the road no longer with us unfortunately um it's been and yeah and it's just yeah really really tragic um that you know the fact that the fact that koalas are getting almost wiped out and they are like they're a, one of the biggest a national symbol they're yes. they're <laughs> They're a, they're a tourism icon, um, a, a national symbol, and just really bloody cute as hell, actually. Um, well, they're grumpy little shits, but yes, they but, are. No, <laughs> but they're, but cute, they're like, they're sweet, and they're furry, and... And they've got those little And, ears. you know, they sleep, like, a lot, and I get that, and I relate. And <laughs> I saw a ko- koala once in the wild. Did you? When I say wild, I mean a park in South Australia. I yeah, did. I, 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 yeah, no, like an actual, koala. like an actual koala, like legit koala, like just 
in the park, like hanging out. And um, I've never seen a koala I took, in the wild. I took a video of it. I put it on Facebook, actually. It was a couple of years ago now. But, um, and, you know, when you say they're grumpy little shits, like, oh, well, I don't... <laughs> oh, I don't begrudge them that. I think I... Yes, It, it because, rather endears me to them. Because, because this is what happened. This poor koala, like, we're all like, it's like, oh, my God, it's a koala. And then we all start chasing after the koala because we're like, oh, my God. Oh, it's so beautiful. Oh, it's... What is it doing? Oh, it's in the wild. And, and you know, he's like, oh, shit, you know, some people looking at me. I better leg it. And Fucking so the, 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 you know, so the, so the koala's kind of running <laughs> off and like, we're all kind of, everyone in the park's kind of running after the koala. Um, and you know, the phones are coming out and all this kind of thing. Um, and then he just goes up a tree, um, cool. which is really cool and pretty incredible. And I kind of wish I could do that sometimes. Cause yeah, he was like, oh man, this is getting too, this is getting too full on. So he went up, which I relate. And I think it was a good move on the yep. koala's well end. Well done koala. Um, but yeah. And, but you know, so it wasn't that it wanted to come up and high five anyone, but I understand that. You're just trying to do your thing. Yeah. yeah. In South they are, Australia. They are wild animals. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. So yeah, um, koalas. Please. Cute and endangered. Please. Just think of the koalas. It's very, yeah. Yeah. Very sad. It is very sad. So, so far this year's got off to a banging start. Uh, Australia's on fire. Haven't seen a blue sky in weeks because um, when it's not grey, it's orange. Um, yeah, basically. The drought has, well, not has broken. It has rained in Australia this week for the first time in, I don't know, months? Can't even remember when it Don't rained. even know. There Probably are parts last. of New South Wales... Um, where it hasn't rained for years. Mm. There are children who are old enough to dance who have never seen rain in their lives before, who have just seen it. So uh, the rain is amazing. Um, after this much drought and bushfires, it's going to lead to floods. So that's next. Mm. Yay! Um, well, so you just this... hope that the rain's getting where it needs to go. That's the other thing as well. Which I think it... Well, frankly, been. that's everywhere. <laughs> yeah, but I know, but like <laughs> where it needs to go the most. Yes. Yeah, where it needs to go the most. Um, um, because that's the other scary thing. Sorry, if I just just oh, yeah, we'll no. move on from the bushfires. But another scary thing about the bushfires that maybe you're not aware of is um, they were so massive at one point. They were so intense and full on that they were creating their own weather. Yeah. So the bushfires were creating their own weather. So at one point there was some rain and like, uh, I think earlier on in the month um, and there was some rain, but it was like, oh, actually it's kind of irrelevant because the bushfires created its own weather. And by its own weather, we're talking tornadoes made of fire. We're talking pyrocumulonimbus clouds, which generate lightning, which start more fires. Like this, this is some, this is some apocalyptic shit. Yeah. It's scary guys. Um, and so with that, we'd like to talk about to, uh, welcome you to the impending apocalypse because that's where we're at. 2020. It's when the apocalypse is going to happen, evidently. So, yeah. I think it is happening. I mean. It's when the apocalypse started, sort of. Ish. Ish. Really got going. Really Really got got going. Really got some teeth. Yeah. Yeah. So. Really got some teeth in the, uh, form of missiles that got shot into Iran. Yeah. That was exciting. And then... So I mentioned taking, like... No, hang on. Sorry. No, missiles didn't get shot into Iran. Excuse me. I misspoke. Was it the passenger chain? That was... That was... That was... That was missiles getting (laughs) shot into Iraq. Um, 
but right. a Iranian general getting killed. Oh, um, yeah. Getting assassinated, which sparked the missiles. Um, but that whole thing... That whole thing has been fun. So I... Just almost, went to the, just, al- just almost went to the brink of another world war. <laughs> I took a week off um, the screens earlier this year. I So no social media of any kind. No media of any kind. Um, I just read a lot of books. And um, I came back online to discover that uh, tensions between the US and Iran had got so bad that Iran shot a passenger jet out of the sky because it didn't have the appropriate clearance um, to be there, which is um, just awful and tragic for everyone involved, including the poor soldier whose role, officer whose role it was to make the call because he had no time to do so and um, the plane didn't have the appropriate uh, paperwork filed. So what I'd like to say that is paperwork's important, yo! Mm. But also, um, and my condolences to Canada, who um, where most of the passengers were patriated. Um, it's just like what's happening? We're shooting each other out of the sky. Like we're we're killing general. Like it, this isn't some random terrorist. We might not agree with what he does, but he's a sovereign. Like he's he's a country's general. Well, we, you don't just kill them. You can't... That's not yeah. okay. Like, he's a bad dude who's done bad things. Yeah, we're not, um, we're not condoning... But the the fact of the matter is, is that... Is that he's assassinate, general. As, well, assassinating him has some pretty... There are consequences to that. Well, there are um, consequences to that, yes. And But also, you just... You don't... You know, don't shoot someone's general. You just... Happy people just don't shoot their husbands. They just don't. It's just... Sovereign, yeah, it's, sovereignty is to be respected. So, you know, it, sovereignty has to mean something. And America, that means that you don't get to make decisions about where the other people's generals get to live. However much you may disagree with them. You know, and, if you shoot someone's general, that's an act of war. But also, don't then go and lie and say there was an imminent threat that we had to do. And that's no. why we, you know, like, let's just call a spade a spade. Um, it's an election year, and Trump's been impeached, and he needs a wag the dog type situation to uh, get the numbers up. And this is classic wag. If you haven't seen the uh, movie Wag the Dog with, um, I want to say Dustin Hoffman. It was Dustin Hoffman, and was it Jane Hackman? Possibly, possibly, maybe Robert De Niro. I watched it a long time ago. Shall anyway, I we should rewatch it, and it's a really great movie, and it's it was relevant at the time. I think it was made in the 90s. It's relevant I'm now. I'm looking it up right now as we speak, Jeff. Uh, it would strongly recommend you go and watch that film if you haven't seen it already. It's really uh, great and important and relevant. 1997. Yep. Wag the Dog. It, you're right on Robert De Niro. It's Robert De Niro and Dustin Hoffman. Yes. Um, and Anne Heche. I thought so. Yeah. Anne Heche. Remember Anne Heche? I remember Anne Heche. Anne Heche. I, yes, um, I remember Anne Heche. Yeah. Wag the Dog, 1997. Shortly before an election, a spin doctor and a Hollywood producer join efforts to fabricate a war in order to cover up a presidential sex scandal. That's more or less what we have here, except it's not like covering up a one, one, one presidential thing. It's like covering up like 20, or not even covering it up. It's just distracting from um, about... An know, entire a bajillion, corrupt regime. A, a bajillion anyway. presidential things. Oh um, and the, well, the classic is, like, I don't know if you've seen this, but there is literally video of Donald Trump saying Obama, like, so back in 
mm-hmm. his election for his second term, Obama is going to start a war with Iran so that he can... On it's it's election year, so Obama's going to start a war with Iran so that he can secure the next election. I'm paraphrasing, but that is what he went on essentially went on went on TV and said the like ten years ago. Of an audio only medium is that when words fail, just, you can't see me put my head in my yeah, hands. Yeah, just currently has her head in her hand, um, because wow. she's because not, I just not not dealing with this information right now. Um, <laughs> So, <laughs> um, yeah. So, so that's basically. I mean, that's uh, look. I, I, I think. I think that's what happens. I don't have any inside information into the White House to know that that is the case. But it, you know, if it looks like a duck, duck, and it quacks like a duck, and it turn it upside down, and it's Donald Trump. Yes. Yeah. Basically. Um, so, yeah. So it's 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 fun. scary times. So the the and the the concept of like, hey, maybe let's let's play with. Um, play international politics and do some cheeky attacks and maybe start a war just so we can get some personal gain is um about on par with the um ethical and moral value of anything else that this regime has done but it's just it's 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 scary it's scary yeah um it's starting to feel a bit like okay you're just at the whims of a madman then all right um I don't want to bang on about it too much because I think I've definitely been absorbing way too much American political information. Um, but I just that, and I think just coupled with everything else, it, the it, apocalypse has started. You heard it here. Yeah. Uh, welcome to the end times, which is a great podcast, by the way, if you're into good omens. But um, <laughs> shout out. Um, yeah. yeah, and, I mean, the Australian Open has been compromised. The tennis has been compromised, people. Come on! Yeah, well, they can't play tennis if they can't breathe. I know that that's yeah. apparently news to some of the organisers, but, like, you well, you can't. And this is a thing. Like, that, that's actually what's scary about the smoke and everything, because it's like, well, at some point, we need air. You can't stop the air. But they have. Like, you can close the roof, but there's still air. So, but anyway... Fun story, I was, uh, late last year, I had a, um, uh, team lunch with my team at work to celebrate the end of the year. We went to a, um, very nice spot in a, um, a popular kind of upmarket shopping mall and, uh, while we were there, the fire alarms went off. <laughs> yes. So, you know, being the well-trained citizens that we were, we... Sat tight and said to the waiter, "Okay, what's what's happening? Do we need to evacuate?" Um, the waiter said, "No, just um, you know, we'll we'll keep you informed. Just stay tight." So we're like, "All right." So we sat around, eating scones, drinking tea, having a jolly old time while the alarms are going off around us. Um, we checked in with the waiter a couple of times, and she uh, third time she came back and she said, "No, I've spoken to the manager, and he said that it's absolutely fine. Um, there's just a problem with the smoke alarm." problem with the smoke alarm turned out to be that there was so much smoke in the air outside that he had set off the smoke alarms inside mm-hmm. this air-conditioned building. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's not like there isn't... It's like, oh, well, there's outside air and there's inside air nope. and these airs never mix. It's, it's just like, air. Like, no, it's all air. Um, and, and we're breathing yeah. it. And, it, and yeah. it's setting off smoke alarms and it's... 
at various points over the last two months, you know, it's been like one day it's been, oh, Sydney's got the uh, the worst air quality in the world. Canberra's got the worst air quality. Canberra, the the nation's capital, people. Like, if you it's not really that exciting of a place, but <laughs> my god, it is one thing, and it is the nation's capital. Also, if you haven't worst been to air Canberra, quality in the world, it's basically in the world a really, really, really big park. Yeah. So for a place like Canberra, it doesn't really have anything in the way of high-rise buildings or density or anything like that. So if Canberra has air quality that is worse than Mumbai or Shanghai or Shangzhou, that's real bad. And there's Y'all. like there's only like half a million people there. Like it's not a yes, it's, it's not, not a big place. Big, it's it's actually it's it's big. It's sprawling. It's sprawling, but it's not this densely populated place. No. Yeah, it is like a big park with a lot of roundabouts. Mm-hmm. I don't even think it has a tunnel. Oh, I don't think it has a tunnel either. It barely even has trains. <laughs> Does it have trains? I don't think it... Ah. Uh, I think it has Like, trains. I think it has a train. But, like, <laughs> no... It's a line. But it's really going anywhere. But the point is, it was all this smoke. It was bad. <laughs> like, it's not good. It's the nation's... <laughs> Don't laugh, Jess. It's the nation's capital. <laughs> it's not good. And now it's Melbourne's all messed up. Mm-hmm. And you know how the hipster greenies are going to be going off there in Melbourne. Well, I don't think it's reasonable to go off if you can't breathe. I just, uh, you know. No, I'm just being stupid. But I know. yeah, like it's all, yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, none of it's good. Like this is. Bad. This is bad. It's just bad. And especially in Australia, which is like this awesome, awesome, amazing country. It's it's amazing. Like it normally, is amazing. it is in terms of landscape and look. Australia, Australia normally, although what is normal anymore? But it's like it's, Australia it's, it's is par- paradise. Like it's paradise it is normally a land of <sighs> beautiful beaches surrounding the country. <laughs> Gorgeous Gert. cities. It's amazing. By sea. Guys, it's Gert by sea. <laughs> and if, like most Australians, you spent a good, you know, 20 to 30 years of your life trying to figure out what the hell does that actually mean, it means it is an surrounded. island, nation, continent surrounded by sea. We have beautiful beaches. We have beautiful mountains. We have beautiful forests. We have. Some incredible uh, landscapes. We have amazing flora and fauna and bizarre animals that you will not find anywhere else in the world. Yep. We have we have the best food in the world. Oh, yes. We, the the coffee is fantastic. The coffee is second to none. Um, you know, the, the people are mostly very friendly. I mean, it, well... Depends what your yardstick is for friendly, but they're mostly really friendly. It's, There's, you know what it is. You know what I like about Australia. There's something for everyone. Yeah, there really is. There's something for everyone. You you like uh, laid back, five star, glam, luxury. We got it. You like roughing it in the bush. We got it. You like um, the forest. You know, mountains and snow and mists and bushwalks. We got it. You like fireplaces. You like skiing. We got it. You mm-hmm. like beaches you like the tropics you like rainforests we got those too you like you want you know a shit ton of people in one place we got it you want like no people in a place we, we got, got that it too. you want a massive fuck off rock in the middle of nowhere we, we got, got that. it we got it um and it's you know a what? really nice rock but don't climb it 
And even, yeah, no. Um, <laughs> thanks, Pauline Hanson. Even one that we, you know, little spot that we forget about, Tasmania. I went there for the first time halfway through last oh, year. Oh, it's fucking beautiful. It's just cute as a button. It is just so sweet. And has one of the best museums in the world. Oh, yes. Yes. Which I went to. Museum Mona. of Old and New Art in Tasmania. Amazing place. Absolutely amazing. It does what it says in the tin. It's a museum and it contains old and new art, but it really challenges the concept of what a museum is and what art can mm. be and what your experience should be in a museum interacting with art. Yeah, it's, it's quite immersive. It's so immersive. It's incredible. I went there and got really overstimulated and got a migraine. It was great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> My husband and I went there and we were like, what the fuck is going on for about three quarters of the time we were in it's there? And it was great. so good. And, um, you know, has a fully functioning cloaca if anyone needs that in their life. Shout yeah. out to Arcadia. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so Australia's great. And, you know, a further shout out, if you're thinking about an overseas holiday, then following from the bushfires, Australia needs you yeah. to visit us. Our beautiful towns on the south coast, which have some of the most incredible beaches in the world, need your tourism because that is what they rely on. Come here. Seriously, guys. Don't let border security... That show put you off. Don't let the bushfires put you off. I know it's been scary and I know we're saying like, oh, there's smoke and this and this and this. But seriously, Australia's awesome. You'll still have a fantastic experience. Come, come be a tourist. Come check out the sights. Come do all the fun, cool things. Eat the food. Walk the places. Go do the things. Because there's lots to do. It's amazing. This mm -hmm. country is beautiful and it's brilliant. And it will still be all of those things despite these bushfires, but it's just, you know, it was a devastating blow and I think means bigger, and scary our things for our world. need your support to rebuild. Absolutely. I'm definitely thinking when this stuff clears up, I'm definitely thinking, you know, weekends away, little mm -hmm, little trips mm -hmm. to some more, you oh, know, some yeah. smaller towns, some, some more areas. Places on the yep. south coast of New South Wales in particular, I'm going to give a plug for because their beaches there are absolutely oh, second beautiful. to none. So there's this little beach, Iluka Beach, I-L-U-K-A. Um, it's right next to a cute little camping spot mm -hmm. and it has got the softest, whitest sand and the clearest water I have mm, ever seen yes. in my life. You can swim yes. out so that there is four meters of water underneath you and you can still see the bottom. You can just make out the sand at the bottom. It is unbelievably beautiful. And uh, Australia is absolutely chock full of places like that. Just this... Gorgeous little surprises yeah. everywhere. But even inland, you know, rainforests, tablelands, there are just, there are so many amazing, things there are so many see. amazing places to see and things to see and do and yeah. Yep. Come visit. Yes, please do. I think that's us for today, Mel. Uh, I think that's us done for today. Thank you so much for listening. Welcome to 2020. Um, we're so happy to be back. And while we are still, I think, technically kind of trying to get our heads into the year, we are going to be back with more great content this year and um, I'm very excited about it and very much looking forward to it. Thank you so much for lending us your ears to listen. And um, with that said, I'm Jess. And I'm Mel. And this is Chocolate, Chocolate Jam! Jam!